When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. You have anything to say? Let me make my case here, people. The reason why I thought Evan Cohen would wear curve for men. Some may know me as Owen. Some may know you as Heaven. Yeah. Uh, some may know you as Andy and your bobblehead days. Right. <laughs> you have a, a lot, lot of names. A lot of different stage names for you. Oh, my God. Evan shared with us that he bought cologne for the first time in 15 or 20 years. Evan is a guy who loves the 90s. 90210 is still his favorite television program. Evan also has a hard time of letting go of things he loves, i.e. the Patriots dynasty. Bill Belichick. So why would I not jump to the conclusion that he would go back to the cologne that was hot at the time in Curve for Men? I had never heard of Curve for Men. CeCe then gets a text when this happens from one of his friends saying, like, that's like basically fighting music. Like, that's what that is. Like, that's fighting words at that point. And I don't know what you're talking about. I just love how somehow you you have taken the assumption of the cologne that I wear And made that, Smalls, about the idea that I can't let go of Belichick staying with the Pats. Yeah, the things you love. I don't know how that connects exactly, but it's brilliant by you (laughs) that I can't let go of that. Well, they were popular around the same time, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, stop it. Cece, you're making it sound like Belichick was going About a quarter of a century ago, ago, it was actually the end thing to do. They won 10 games two years ago. Man, oh, man. Yeah, the Patriots oh, wow. are kind of like curve for men. I don't even want to think about it. I, I, honestly, ago. Monday is going to be one of the most busy sports days that we could have, right? We're going to have all the playoff matchups set. We're going to have all the coaching moves around the NFL, general manager moves, organizational changes, let's say. We're going to have the national championship game on that night between Michigan and Washington. And all I'm going to be thinking about is refreshing Mike Reese and Adam Schefter on Twitter as to what's going on with Belichick. Because I don't think it's going to happen right away. I don't want it to ever happen. And I have a knot in my stomach even thinking about it. What's your reaction going to be if slash when it does happen? What if I'll be upset. I'm not going to lie. I'll be upset. I don't know. I just feel like because when Brady left, it was half over. Now it's really over if Belichick left, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing left. So would you change your fandom? Is that how upset you would be? No, I think I would still stay as a Patriot fan. But here's the thing. I love Belichick. You guys know that. Belich- uh, I never became You wear a-, a hoodie every day in honor yeah. of him. Oh, yeah. That's why I wear a hoodie. <laughs> um, I, there are some scenarios I've thought about where I'm like, can I root for Belichick at that spot for a few years and still root for the Pats? Just throwing that out there. No, so, you can only uh, – no, only one team. Only oh, one I agree with that philosophy. I'm saying I would break the philosophy so in this scenario. So would you defect to the Chargers? That doesn't feel like one I'd be excited about, but I feel like nobody would care about them. So even if I said, hey, I watched the, you know all of the Chargers game and the red zone on Sunday. Oh, stop. If Bill Belichick goes to another team, we're going to care about them, regardless yes. of no, who I the agree. franchise That is. I agree with. Right. But I'm saying like you know my Sundays are Patriots and red zone, mm-hmm. right? That's what my Sundays are. I feel like that's a lot of people out there. They watch their team and they watch the red zone. Now, obviously, if there's a huge game that's not Patriots, you set that up in that regard. But would that become... 
Belichick in red zone? It's not impossible. You know, you bring up an interesting point. Like, we've kind of had the assumption the entire season that this is a foregone conclusion. And I don't think the magnitude of the end of this has really settled in with us yet. Like, this is the end of a dynasty like we will likely never see again in the NFL. And it hasn't felt like that for a few years, so it feels like a slow burn out. But that is crazy to think that this is the end of an era and that come Monday we could be talking about Bill Belichick elsewhere. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I take those things too real and too personally. But like when you think yeah. about that, like when Michael Jordan retires, that is significant in my life. Right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like I have these memories of watching him as a kid. And now I have all these memories of the Patriots in this case watching them. You have memories of Brady and Manning. People have memories of LeBron. Like, you know, even if I'm a LeBron encore hater and I'm rooting against him, and I know he's a good person in real life and has done so many amazing things for so many people, like, the day he retires, things change for us as sports fans. If Belichick, if the Patriots are no longer nationally relevant, that changes for us as sports fans. Mm hmm. It just does. No, no, it does. But I guess my whole point is, do you have any confidence that Bill Belichick can get the program back on track? I because do. If you, well, you can say you do, but Robert Kraft earlier this year, before the season even started, talked about the importance of having a successful season. He said, we're not going to allow players to chase individual accolades. Why would it be any different for our head coach? And so there was an impetus for Bill Belichick and his staff to put together a winning season. Now, they, they've had, what, three of the last four years be losing seasons and on the outside looking into the playoffs? Yep. Hell, the last time they won a playoff game was the Super Bowl in 2018. That's a long time by the standard that Bill Belichick has established in Foxborough. So I think this is an instance where a head coach can become victim to the standard and the success that he's had the franchise become accustomed to over the last two decades. So I, I, I saw this coming. I figured that this would be the case, that they would part company if this season resulted in, uh, I guess, uh, a disaster like we've seen. And so I guess the next thing that you have to do is figure out who's going to be the head coach moving forward, who's going to be able to step into those shoes and replace Bill Belichick. And, And I think that uncertainty is probably why a lot of Patriots fans are hesitant to allow Bill Belichick to to, to part company with the team. CeCe, you just said something that I want to I wanna hone in on. They have not won a playoff game since 2018, so that's five-plus years, right? Yeah. For the majority of franchises in the NFL, that's not a long period of time. That's the standard that Belichick has created with New England. The moment he walks out the door, that is no longer the standard. If they go another five years in the first five years of Person X's next regime, they can make the playoffs and not win – and that doesn't feel as long. That's see. That's what you're saying goodbye to. You're see, saying I don't goodbye agree to the with standard. That, but I don't agree with that, though. I don't agree with that. I think what Robert Kraft, Belichick, and Tom Brady has built over the last two decades is long lasting. Like I, I mean, in terms of we talked about it yesterday with Mike Tomlin, and and how it didn't make sense for Tomlin to leave because he wasn't going to find ownership like the Rooney family around the NFL. That's how I feel about Robert Kraft. It's that same ilk. He, he's that same type of owner. You're never going to not be able to compete because of a lack of resources or because of the infrastructure or because of the, you're always going to have a chance when you have an owner like that that allows football people to take care of football business. He empowers the people that he brings within the organization. I just think that this is a situation now where we're talking about, you know, the next head coach being, you know, a head coach that can continue that standard of excellence 
with the Patriots organization. That's why I just think that they need to make sure that if they're going to move on from Belichick, they have a clear plan as to what direction they want to go into. I think one interesting wrinkle of this as we prognosticate the Patriots' future is what happens if Robert Kraft doesn't get it right? What happens if the head coach that he puts in place of Bill Belichick is not right and the quarterback is not right? He hasn't had to have a quick hook in so long. How long of a runway will he give somebody? Because I think a lot of owners are are too impatient and they don't let coaches actually take the time to build the program and the team and the culture and the identity and the way they need to. We expect everything to happen overnight. But that's so foreign to Robert Kraft at this point because he's had stability for so long. He's hired two coaches. That's it. That's it. But but think about who they are. Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. Which is why you should have great confidence in him to get the guy. But I'm interested to see if it's not the guy. Or if it's not the guy quickly. The last three head coaches for this franchise, Bill Parcells, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Pretty good list. Pretty good. Pretty good list. I, mean, I, I think. I think he knows. I think he knows what he's looking for. Now, right, I think he, he knows what he's looking for. He and Parcells were not great, as we know. He and Belichick are not best buddies. They're not going to hang out. They're, like those two will get together. I'm sure during those moments where the Patriots will have get-togethers, right? Like for organizational things, they're not going to dinner together like he and like Kraft and, and Brady will. So yes, I think the trust in him hiring the right guy is definitely there. I would just say. I don't believe they can hire a head coach that's better than Belichick. I just don't believe that. I know obviously everybody disagrees with that, and I get it. And yes, we are bracing for that. Now, one other thing I wanted to revisit, and we all wanted to revisit here, is the idea that before the season, there were there were predictions about one team made by two people on this show. <laughs> Chris Canty's prediction is still alive. Mine is not. Canty predicted the Jacksonville Jaguars going to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I said Trevor Lawrence would be the MVP this year. Right now, neither of us are looking good. You're looking better than I am. How important is this game this weekend for Trevor Lawrence against the Titans, considering they may not make the playoffs? Yeah, I think this is a big game for T-Law. Like, like this, is, this is why you draft the quarterback number one overall. Like, for games of this magnitude, it's win and you clinch the division. You host a home playoff game. You can't stress the importance of that in terms of their ability to be able to go on a deep playoff run. Think about it. What we saw last year, do we think we're, they're coming back from 27 nothing on the road against the Chargers? Probably not. So I think these are the types of games where you need your quarterback to step up and be a difference maker. Now, the, the, the health is a big concern for Trevor Lawrence. He's been dealing with a lot of different ankle injuries, like this ankle, concussion, whatever. And so you, you hope that all of that's past him so you can get the best version of him on the field. But he, he's going to have to find a way to rise above, and he's going to have to find a way to check the box in terms of beating an opponent that's inferior in the way of talent. And that's why I'm looking at this game and saying, you kind of got to win this one if you're T-Law, if you're going to fulfill the type of promise that we all believe that you have in you when you were taken with the number one overall pick three years ago. Does a loss this weekend, Smalls, to you negate the 27-point comeback in the playoffs last weekend? last year? Excuse me. No, I don't think anything would negate that because you know what he's capable of and what they're capable of. And injury obviously plays a factor this season. But how many of us thought that they were going to absolutely run away with this division this year? We thought that that was going to be a slam dunk for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they've underwhelmed. Absolutely. I was so impressed with some moments of theirs earlier in the season. The game against the Bills in London, there were a couple of drives that I I was just so impressed by them. And I thought for sure this was going to be a team that was going to be something to be reckoned with. I still don't want to voluntarily have to play Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. Like I still think he can turn it on. But I think as a whole, 
right now, even if they win the division and they become a one-and-done team in the playoffs, I would have to, CC look at this year as a disappointment for Jacksonville. Yeah, and here's the thing. Trevor Lawrence would have completed his third year, which means he's contract extension eligible, and they have to make a decision on his fifth-year option. Now, teams usually start negotiating that, negotiating that contract when a guy's fifth-year option is up. So, I mean, how he plays in the coming weeks could go a long ways to determining whether or not he gets that extension this offseason or whether they make him come back and prove it again in 2024 before they cash him out. Yeah, I think they're going to have to give him the extension because why would you? Like, you have to still believe in the upside. But right now, if I said to you guys very quickly, Cleveland at Jacksonville, first round of the playoffs, who are you picking to win that game? Cleveland. Cleveland. There's your problem. There's your problem right but that, there. But, that, but, that, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I guess my whole point about the contract, Ev, is not whether or not you're going to be able to find another guy that's better than him, but it's just I want to see him do more before the financial commitment that we're going to have to make to this guy because that's a big number. That's not going to be cheap at all. He's going to be a quarterback that's going to demand a top-of-the-market asking price, and if he, if he gets – if he finds himself in a situation where he can't win a division, where one team starting quarterback is knocked out for the entire season, one team benches their starting quarterback, and then one team is on a rookie quarterback, I just I, I don't know how I feel about that in terms of wanting to reward a guy after he underachieves in a season where the division should have been theirs for the taking. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. See, I don't think this music is for us. It's not. It's <laughs> It's not. So you might as well drink it in and enjoy it, you three. Fortinvi, you're supposed to let me introduce you. No. 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 Not when he's the you champ. Normally, champ speak normally I would fight him off on this. Joe Fortinbaugh, Carlin versus Joe, noon until three Eastern ESPN bet. I can't because he won the bet the the ESPN challenge the radio pick'em challenge. Just go, Joe. Just just well, brag. You first of it. all, first yeah. of all, Carlin and I won it. Not just me. Carlin and I was a team effort. And very importantly, I want to note: Carlin versus Joe, noon to three <laughs> Eastern today. You might be tuning in to get the great picks. I just want to make it known to everyone on this show right now: we're resting our starters in week eighteen. Oh my! Carlin God. and I will not be making the picks. We've already locked this thing up, wow. so we will be turning oh it over gosh. to Evan Wilner and the Handman for the picks today. 
That oh hurts us. God. It's so disrespectful. It's your wow. problem, Smalls. It's, so it's not mine. Wow. It's, <laughs> I got to be it's honest. Like, it's like the That's, Ravens benching all their starters. It's ridiculous. I got to be honest. I got to give Fortinbras credit. That's a funny bit. <laughs> it's a yeah. funny, I, I think that's a smart bit. It's not. It's the, You know what, though? It's it's not. I can't believe I didn't come up with it. I think it was Wilner who pitched it about resting the starters, and we were laughing like crazy on Tuesday about it. We are like, all right, save it for Friday. Save it for Friday. And just as you guys played that music, I thought to myself, we can unveil it here on the morning show. You guys got first act. Access to that joke. You're welcome. Yeah, I thought it was good. Anyway, uh, Carlin versus Joe. I, it doesn't sound like anyone else thought that was funny, but I did. Uh, Carlin versus Joe, 33, 17, and 2. Freddie and Harry, 29, 21, and 2. And we were 28, 22, and 2. So we still have a chance to finish in second place. Profitable, though. Like, the, people don't yeah, realize this yeah. isn't straight up. This is against the spread. We had multiple radio shows turning a profit over the course of a season, and these were not games that were our favorite games. We were told what games to pick. I am mm. very impressed with how the whole network did. Wow. Okay, well. Except Greeny, though, right? Yeah. I mean, Look, Greeny's fine. Greeny's life is going exactly the way you would expect for Greeny. I could care less if his pick'em works out. Uh, also fair. Yeah. All right, let's dive in, Joe, to week 18. Yeah. This is a tricky week because we have debated on our show this week, is this a playoff preseason week or is it a playoff primer week? A lot of guys aren't playing. I'm sure there's more guys that still won't play. How do you handicap Week 18 in the NFL? A lot of people will look at this week and say, oh, my God, this is going to be very difficult. Who's starting? Who's not? What's the motivation? That's what the public better, the recreational better thinks, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when the professionals get involved, they love weeks like this. They love uncertainty. They love finding out guys are getting scratched from NBA lineups a few minutes before the game because the books have to react And the trickle-down effect when it comes to props and everything else, there are so many opportunities if you stay on top of the news cycle here. First and most key point I want to get across to everyone, you're going to have several games this weekend that we're about to discuss in which you have a very motivated team because because of their playoff seating. Look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has to win on Saturday against Baltimore. They're facing a team with no motivation. Baltimore has wrapped up the one seed. They're resting their starters. Find these games... And look at the team with no motivation. I like the Ravens plus the four as a result. Everybody is aware of this storyline. Pittsburgh needs it. Baltimore couldn't care less. The market overreacts to this information and it creates value on the other team. Baltimore is in this spot. Carolina, as much as that's going to make you want to throw up, they're in this spot against Tampa Bay. They were a five and a half point dog. It's down to four and a half. Tennessee's in this situation. They were a five and a half point dog at home against Jacksonville. That's down to three and a half. Money's coming in on these teams in these spots because there's value there. So I would say it seems so obvious. Yeah, play Pittsburgh because they care and Baltimore doesn't. Uh Uh-uh. The value goes the other way and history backs that up. Joe, let's look at the other game on the Week 18 slate that's on Saturday. That will be Texans-Colts. It's the only game where we're talking about both teams in a true win-and-in situation. And right now, 92% of the cash against the spread is on the Texans, and 93% of the cash on the money line is with the Texans. I'm not sure why this game is viewed as so one-sided by the public, but could you share some insights as to how you would play it and how you see it? Texans open up as a small dog in this game. They were plus one and a half. You saw some of the sharper guys jump on that. It has since moved through zero, and Houston's now the favorite at minus one and a half for all the reasons, Canty, you just laid out. The money, the tickets, all over Houston. C.J. Stroud is back, and we saw him and the Texans look very good in a blowout win last week. They've been a fun story. A lot of people are going to rally around this team. Meanwhile, you got Indianapolis, 
It's a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew. People can't tend to figure this team out. They've stumbled in a few key spots down the stretch, but they did figure out how to get the win against the Raiders last week. I haven't done anything with this game yet. It seems like the people I've talked to like Houston. It seems like the public likes Houston. I'm not necessarily willing to overlook Indy here. They're playing at home. They've got just as much motivation. You could see possibly Houston stumbling these young teams. Green Bay's another one laying three against the Bears. I like the Bears this weekend. You got these young teams in these pressure-packed spots, and we're expecting them to be able to handle the pressure. I don't think Green Bay handles it all that well. I'm not necessarily sure Houston does. Like I said, haven't done anything with the game yet, but I kind of lean to Indy a little bit. All right, let's ask you, Joe, about the marquee game, AFC East title on the line, the Bills and the Dolphins. The last I checked, it was Bills minus three. What are you going to do with this one? Good call on that. You're starting to see that come down. We're moving off the key number at three to two and a half, which Mm -hmm. is interesting because that means some Miami money's hitting the market, and that probably has to do with the injury report because everyone's been watching that all week. Miami is very banged up. Tua's got the left shoulder injury, but he is expected to play in this one. couple angles here. Uh, Number one, and I – Let this out on the radio earlier this week. I think this is a huge mistake that I talk about this publicly, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) I have something I utilize now that I live here and I work in these hallways uh, here at ESPN headquarters. I call it Triple H. Not the wrestler. Not the wrestler. It's called the headquarters hallway handicap. Mm -hmm. If I'm walking around these hallways and everybody is picking the same team, everywhere you look, there's Ryan Clark, there's Dan Orlovsky, there's Chris Canty. Everyone is looking at the same team. I start to think to myself, we got a problem here. We got a problem. And it's not because of any of these brilliant minds that are picking this. You just think to yourself, going into Christmas, and I was a part of this too, everyone was picking the Niners, right? Everyone was picking the Niners over the Ravens, and the Ravens hammered them. Sometimes find the consensus and then find a way to make a case for the other team. And in this game, it feels like everybody loves Buffalo. Everyone's been talking about this for a month, how Buffalo has a chance to pull this off. And they're laying three on the road against Miami, who's a good team, who needs this just as bad almost. I don't know. I look to Miami a little bit. I haven't done much with the side. I am betting the under. It opened in the 50s. It's down around 49 and a half. Some shops like ESPN better at 48 and a half. That's through the key number of 49. These two offenses since week 13 haven't been the explosive offenses that we remember from earlier in the season. Both defenses do a good job of limiting explosive plays. I think it's a lower scoring game than people expect. Joe, we know you're sitting this week for your picks after you've already locked up the title, but does that mean that we don't have a wink-wink game of the weekend, or do you have a play for us? I can give you something. I mean, come on. Who would I be if I didn't come on with a (laughs) wink-wink game? I'll give you something in the national championship after this if you want it, or we can talk Monday on that. You let me know. But the wink-wink game is going to be the Commanders plus 13 over the Cowboys. Mm. All right, now let's look at the market. Last week, the Niners were at Washington. Niners were laying 14. This week, Dallas is at Washington. Dallas is laying 13. Do we really think the Niners are just one point better than the Cowboys? I don't think so. I don't think so at all, and I think that shows that Dallas is overvalued in this spot. Remember, Dallas at home, 37 points per game. Dallas on the road, 21 points per game. They're 3-5 and five against the spread on the road. They're going into this game against Washington. They're one-dimensional. They can't run the ball right now. They don't need style points. Get in, win the game, you win the NFC East, get your starters out of there, be healthy. So I take the Commanders plus the 13 in the wink-wink game of the week. You'll hear Joe Fortenbaugh today at noon Eastern here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Bet, and I must say, I'm in a nice mood with him today. Very good hair day for him today. Thank you. His hair looks excellent. <laughs> Odd outfit choice, rocking his agency's yeah. uh, 
sweatshirt there, a quarter zip. But uh, nonetheless, Joe Fortenbaugh getting it done for us, CC, just like Granger does for everyone. Yes, else. for the ones awful who transition. get it done. Granger deserves <laughs> like, better like, than that awful transition. Like Carlin <laughs> versus Joe with our picks. Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Michigan, Washington, Monday night, national title game. ESPN Radio, ESPN TV, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And who better to talk about it with than the Hall of Famer? Quarterback, Washington, Warren Moon, who joins us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This feels like your game in 78, right? Same kind of hype, same kind of buzz, same kind of attention, Warren, right? The oh, Rose Bowl, oh, Michigan, yeah, Washington. Same, yeah, same hype, same buzz. You got it. You know, uh, we were 17-point underdogs back in uh, 1978, and our team is still underdogs uh, t- going into Monday night. But only, I think only five points right now, but... Uh, yeah, the, the hype on these college games now is unbelievable. So let's talk about that, though. I mean, you were in that Rose Bowl against uh, Michigan that year, and obviously the rivalry, we don't think about Washington-Michigan as a rivalry. What was that like, in all seriousness, the hype, the attention you guys got versus the way it is right now? Yeah, nobody really knew who we were. We were this team from way up in the uh, Pacific Northwest, and uh, you know we came on late in the year. We, we won, I think, you know six or seven games in a row and won our – won our conference we were the pack eight at that time and and uh really nobody knew a lot about our football team michigan was number three in the country at that time and they were the mighty michigan wolverines which they've always been so um we were very we felt very disrespected by them especially when we went to disneyland and and uh we were supposed to uh, have a, a photo taken with the two quarterbacks myself and rick leach with minnie mouse and mickey mouse and uh he refused to uh take a picture with me so our team didn't go, to, didn't take to that too kindly. Uh, they they just didn't feel like Michigan was giving us a lot of respect, and uh, there was a, the perfect uh, fire that we needed to go out there and win the football game. And I, and I think that's how the University of Washington feels this year. They, they've been kind of an underdog in their last three three ball games, and uh, all they've done is won 21 games in a row. But they they find themselves underdogs again. So I think they use that fuel to. Uh, to fire them, and I think that's what that fuel is going to do Monday night. It's going to get them through that football game. 
Warren, it's always great to have you on the show. And I want to ask you about the head coach at Washington, Kalen DeBoer. It's his second season there. His team is undefeated, making their first appearance in the college football playoff national title game. Talk about the job that he's been able to do and how he's been able to change the culture at that program in such a short period of time. Yeah, that's the remarkable thing, Chris, that he's came in such a short period of time and changed the culture. And he's uh, he's brought in a belief. He's brought in um, – a lot of class to the to the organization to our to our f- football organization at the University of Washington. He's brought back the uh, the alumni, the the former players. We feel like we're a part of this whole thing now. We, you know, he's had a lot of different events for us to come to and practice, uh, different alumni uh, gatherings, things like that. He speaks to the guys all the time. I, I talk to him or, or text with him every week. Uh, he's just a guy that has brought everybody into the fold, and it feels like one big happy family. And, and he's done the same thing with the football team. They feel like they're just one big happy family, and uh, there's nothing that can, you know, there's nothing that can uh, defeat that. So I think that's why this team's attitude has changed. You know, he went in the, in the transfer portal, and um, you know, got certain guys that he needed for certain positions. But he's also been developing his young players that he's recruited the last couple of years. So he's just done a great job overall of. of taking this program to a, a different height of what it was before he got there. And uh, I, I'm really impressed with him as well as everybody else you know, in our university. Another person we're obviously impressed with, Warren, is Michael Penix Jr. Quarterback to quarterback, give us your evaluation on Michael Penix Jr. What makes him so special? First of all, he throws one of the prettiest balls you ever want to see. Um, I watch the kid in practice all the time. I watch him in warm-ups before games. Uh, because he's left-handed, you know, his ball comes out with a different rotation, so it makes it even look that much more special. But uh, he, he throws a really pretty ball. He's very accurate. Uh, this is an offense that he's been um, knowing since he was back at Indiana, which is where he was with uh, Coach DeBoer back there, and that's why he brought him to the University of Washington. They were together at, at Indiana. And so he knows his offense inside and out. He does a great job at the line of scrimmage as far as recognizing what the defense is doing, getting them in the right plays. Um, and then he's just very accurate with the football, and he's got a great receiving core. He's got three guys that can really go get it. He's got a, a very nice tight end that uh, he can rely on. And then Dylan, uh, Dylan Johnson, his running back, has over 1,100 yards this year. He's the guy that has really made this, this offense come together because now people can't just key on the passing game all the time. They have to respect the run. We are talking with the Hall of Famer Warren Moon, of course, a Washington alum. You obviously just had tons of praise for Michael Penix Jr. Why wouldn't you? He's been great. But do you look at him right now and say he's better than you were at the same time and maybe more prepared for the NFL at that time? I mean, you were one of the great quarterbacks to ever play the game, but the way you hyped him, I'm curious. Was he better at that time than you were? Oh, no question about it. I think we didn't throw the ball the way they do today. You know, the, the passing game has really taken over um, – not only college football, but pro football right now. And uh, when I was in college, we ran more of a ball control type of offense. We ran more of a, you know, sprint out passing game. We did a little bit of play action, stuff like that. But he's he's a pocket passer. He's a guy that likes to stay in the pocket, but he has the ability to move outside the pocket if he needs to. Um, and, and the offenses are just much more sophisticated today now than they were when I was back in college at that time uh, because we just didn't have the athletes uh, when I was at the University of Washington um, when I first got there, I was one of Don James's first classes. So it took us a while to get those type of athletes that you needed to be really, um, really competitive. And then, of course, the, the program took off from there and, and became one of the best programs in the country for all those years that Don James was there. But in those first few years, 
we had to win uh, by scrapping and, and scraping and, and playing a certain conservative style of football. Today, they're a wide-open wide open team. They're going to throw the ball all over the lot, and he's much more prepared for the NFL right now than I was. Warren, I want to switch gears and ask you about a guy that you're really familiar with in Russell Wilson. Things kind of went off the rails in year two for him in the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton acknowledging that this is probably not his guy that decided to bench him going into week 18, and presumably he's not going to be a part of that franchise moving forward. Can you talk? Can you pinpoint one thing as to why it didn't work out in Denver for Russ, and what do you think might be next for Wilson in terms of his NFL future? Yeah, it's unfortunate the way things have, have turned out for Russell because, you know, he was one of the, the great quarterbacks in this league for you know, the first 10 years he was in the league. Um, played on a very good football team here in Seattle. I was doing the, the radio broadcast for 15 years, so I got to see him, you know, play every game for his first nine years and, and uh, watched him practice probably twice a week. So I knew a lot about his game. I knew a lot about his strengths and his weaknesses. And, I, I knew there was going to be a problem when he went to uh, to Denver just because I know what Russell can do and what he really can't do. And I just didn't think he could uh, perform in, in a Sean Payton type of offense, the things he's asking him to do. And um, he, he's never been that type of quarterback that's going to sit in the pocket and, and pick you apart. He's a guy that's going to make plays outside the pocket. He's a great uh, play-action passer where he can throw the ball deep down the football field. But because of his height sometimes, he just can't see the whole football field. And I think that's a problem for him. So that's why he has to get outside of the pocket and extend plays and make things happen with his legs. And as you get older, you're not going to be able to do that as much. So I think it's been very frustrating for Sean Payton that his offense hasn't worked the way he wants it to work. He's, he's a perfectionist that way. So there's just, it's just a bad marriage right now, and, I, and they want to make a, a split in that marriage. And, and it's unfortunate for Russell because I think he could still play quarterback in this league, but he has to be in the right system. Could a Seattle-Russell-Wilson reunion be a possibility? That I don't think will happen. <laughs> mm. um, I think somewhere like maybe Atlanta, um, you know, who knows? Maybe the Giants. I know they have Daniel Jones there. That they're paying him a lot of money. But there's there's somewhere in this league where there's a home for Russell Wilson. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this off season. I'm sure there'll be a lot of moves. There's going to be a lot of coaching changes as always. So when those things happen, that's when you see um, you know players start to fit in different places where a coach might uh, have a relationship with a player or whatever it might be. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see how it all all pans out. But I think Russell can still play the game. Warren, as you said, there is going to be a lot of movement at the head coaching position. But is there a coach out there right now that you think would be a great fit for him and what he can do? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, he had he had quite a few um, offensive coordinators when he was in Seattle, and um, they just kept going through different people. And in Pete Carroll, you know, he runs a certain style here. He wants to run the football mainly and go play action, and, and that's where Russell was good. So he's got to go to a, a team that wants to run the football and then, you know, play action off of that and um, take advantage of his deep ball throwing down the field. But I don't know of a coach right now that, that he could probably play for off the top of my head. But like I said, I think just ability-wise, he can still play the game, but he's got to be in the right system somewhere. Let's finish with this with the Hall of Famer, Warren Moon, of course, Washington alum. So Monday night, we know you obviously are rooting for your squad. You think they're going to win. So let's play out the scenario. Washington wins. Then over the next few months, Michael Penix goes how high in the draft? And Jim Harbaugh is where after the loss to your school? (laughs) Um, 
we're going to win, of course. <laughs> right. Michael Penix is going to jump up the uh, he's going to jump up the ladder because I think a lot of people aren't looking at him that seriously until last week. I think the whole nation got a chance to see him last week, and uh, now they see what he's capable of doing. Um, I think he'll go in the top three of the quarterbacks that are going to be drafted after he goes through the whole scouting process and all that, and everybody sees him and and talks to him and gets him on the grease board and all those different things they do with the quarterbacks. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he will go, but, again, there's a lot of teams at the top of the draft that aren't going to need a quarterback, and and you, you don't know what Chicago's going to do right now with, with Justin Fields. I mean, there's just a lot of questions right now. Carolina doesn't really need a quarterback. They just drafted one, you know, number one overall. So it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing pans out. But I think Michael will go, you know, like I said, in the top three quarterbacks, and uh, he should because of the way he's played over the last couple of years and the abilities that he has. And you're going to send Harbaugh to the NFL or back to Michigan? What do you think? <laughs> I think Harbaugh's going to leave. I really do. I think maybe the sanctions are going to come down, and, and he's it's going to be similar to what happened to Pete Carroll when he when he left USC and came to Seattle after those sanctions came down on the recruiting violations that he had. I think the same thing is going to happen with Jim Harbaugh because the NCAA hasn't brought down their sanctions on them yet. I think the, the penalties that were uh, were put on Michigan were done by the Big, Big Ten, I think, at the time, and maybe the, the school, but I think the NCAA still has something to say, too, and I think that's going to make Jim want to leave. Warren, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy Monday night with your school in the national championship game on ESPN and ESPN Our- Radio. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good day. All right, there he is, a Hall of Famer, Warren Moon, 17 seasons in the NFL, obviously one of the great passers we've ever seen, and he said uh, Penix is ahead of where he is at this point, but partially because they didn't throw the ball back then like they do now. Coming up, our ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge and some unsportsmanlike moments of the day next. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike with me, Super Bowl champ, will be all over the final weekend of the NFL regular season and the playoff matchups Monday morning, 6 to 10 (laughs) a.m. Wait, what? (laughs) That had to be edited. No, no, no. Me. That was your voice. Right, but you then took off the Chris Candy part. No, no. I must have said the Chris, me, Super Bowl champ, Chris Candy, and Michelle Smallman. Yeah, you, Super Bowl champ. (laughs) 
I mean, I was also Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman. You know, Smalls did say to Canty, I think yesterday. You know, you've been to Super Bowls, and I actually took offense to that because I've been to Super Bowls too. Now he played in them, but I've attended them. To be fair, I've attended one too. I don't say right. I've been to a Super Bowl. Well, you have been though. Physically, yes, but working in sports, that's not a phrase I just throw around, that I've been to a Super Bowl. That was a Super Bowl where you and I, years ago, went to a Houston Rockets game oh, together. Oh, here we go. Where you didn't realize I was there. We I did not go to together. Entire- we, we were introduced because we were sitting by one another, and we had a mutual friend and George Sedano. Shout out to Sedano. But we didn't attend together. She didn't remember I was there. Anyway, uh, ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. We are playing for second place. We've talked a lot this week about who needs to lose to get to the number two pick in the draft. Well, we need to win to get to number two in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. So here we go, guys. Texans, minus one at the Colts. Where are we going? Listen, I think I'm going to make this a can-he-can't-lose game, F, and, and everything in my being tells me to go with C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans because I do believe that that's the better head coach-quarterback combination in this elimination game. But 93% of the cash on the money line is on the Houston Texans, and whenever that many people in the public want to zig, I'm going to zag. So give me the Indianapolis Colts and the point. I'm going to roll with it. Gardner Minshew has had some magic, and Shane Steichen is a hell of a coach. I think he'll, he'll find a way to dial up some X's and O's for his quarterback. They'll be productive on the offensive side of the ball, and their defense can limit the scoring from the Texans just enough. So I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts plus the point in a can't-he-can't-lose game. Uh, you know, we have to keep it pushing because we have to get to the unsportsmanlike moments here. I figured this was the one we could skip right by considering you're on the D'Amico Ryan head coach know, of the too, year. Me too, me uh, Candidacy, like bandwagon. What just happened here? You just went the opposite way. Now we have to spend time on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are you going on this? I was going to go with the Texans. So I'm, was I. I'm because shocked of that you picked the Colts. Great. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Canty because I love Gardner Minshew, and it's going to make him say what I've been saying all year. You know what? He is a starting quarterback in this league. I, so I'm with I'm with Canty can't lose because Cohen can't lose. Smalls can't lose. You know what? I love it. I love that we're we're rolling the dice here. We didn't lock up the, the win. We might as well take some chances here. Next one. Falcons at Saints. Saints are favored by three. Oh, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I mean, I think both coaches are coaching for their jobs, but I just, I believe in the the weaponry for the Atlanta Falcons. I, I just think in this spot, knowing that you got to find a way to try to get a win, I believe in the Falcons more so than the Saints. I, I just think that this team is is past it. it you know, he, Derek Carr has has proven me wrong in the way of, you know, being able to be the best quarterback in this division and take a stranglehold of the NFC South. So I'm going to trust the year's worth of evidence that I have from Derek Carr and roll with the Atlanta Falcons, as crazy as it sounds. I'm good with that. Sam. I have no problem not betting on Derek Carr. Me too. <laughs> uh, last one. Bills minus three at the Dolphins. Where are we going with this? I'm going with the Bills, and I'm laying the three as uncomfortable as it sounds. I just look at the record of Tua against the Buffalo Bills. He's 1-5 and five in his career, and I think he's what? He's 2-5 and five against teams with winning records over the last two seasons. I, I just – you can't trust him in these spots. I mean, there's a great win that they had over the Dallas Cowboys a few weeks ago, but I also saw them lose to the Tennessee Titans early in December at home. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills in a situation where they don't want to leave their playoff fate up to everything happening around them. 
They could actually take control of that by winning a football game. I'm going Bills. I'm laying the three. I was going with the Bills, too. We've seen the attrition with Miami. How many times have they fumbled when they had a big matchup this season? I think the Bills is the way to go. I would have gone with the Dolphins, but it doesn't matter. I'm overruled here. I think the Dolphins are going to surprise some people and actually win the game, but that's also because I'm hoping that we have an elimination game on Sunday night and Buffalo could potentially get eliminated in that game. All right, time now for the unsportsmanlike moments of the day. Something funny, something weird, something quirky that we noticed over the last 24 hours or so in sports and entertainment. So um, the Bucks and the Spurs played last night, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how in sports today we have the jersey exchanges after the game where, where guys and gals you know give each other the jerseys, you know, whatever. We haven't seen many um, player mascot jersey exchanges <laughs> But Robin Lopez of the Bucks exchanged jerseys last night with the Spurs mascots. The Lopez brothers famously love Disney. They famously love mascots. There was a jersey exchange between Robin Lopez of the Bucks and the Spurs Coyote mascots. We in on this? Oh, I'm in on it all the way. I love it. I love it. Although I'm just a little bit confused as to why... The Spurs mascot is the Coyote. It's a little strange to me. No follow-ups, please, Cece. I have no idea. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. I I like that he exchanged with the mascot Coyote. Put the 21 in the rafters at your house. That's a a framer on the wall. That's very cool. So speaking of what you're wearing during games, uh, the Sandman, Adam Sandler, great sports fan, funny guy, uh, loves hoops, right? has multiple basketball and sports-related movies. Uh, was playing a, a pickup game yesterday with the Arizona student managers or managers at Arizona. And um, he was wearing the, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like our friends at ESPN LA all wear the Sunday swagger. So that's what kind of it looks like. This the, like the golf shirt with all the crazy logos and everything like that. Like the Hawaiian looking shirt while playing basketball. CeCe, you've played sports your whole life professionally. What do you think about this look for the Sandman playing basketball with the golf shirt and the shorts like that. Uh, I think about Woody Harrelson and White Man Can't Jump. That dude is the mark at the playground. Now, what will happen is Adam Sandler can surprise you because the dude can ball. Yes. But he's the guy that I actually want to play against if I'm, in, if, I'm, if I'm on the blacktop, if I'm on the courts in, in a pickup game at the park. Just say it now, Smalls. Just say what you're going to say, which is you could see me wearing that playing basketball. Just go ahead. Say it. I, I actually wasn't going to oh, say Oh, really? That. I thought no. that's for sure where you were going to go. No, I was just going to say that I love that Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler for years has leaned into this. I'm just going to grab the first two things I see and put it on. There's no cohesion. There's no thought process behind it, seemingly, unless I, I don't know something. I love that he's just like, these two things are clean. Let's roll with it. All right. We got our play of the night, too, don't we? Oh, I thought the, the picks were the play, but go ahead. Yes. No, play of the night. We got the Sixers and the Knicks. The, we're going to tease the Sixers down to three and a half points. And then we've got Embiid under 34 and a half points and Brunson over 25 and a half points. Pays out at plus 620. We are on to Monday on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.